Okay, hello and welcome back, everyone. This is Ben Boga, the Chief Growth Officer here at Nexo, coming to you with another This Legal Life podcast. If this is the first time you are listening to the podcast, this is where I get down, get the chance to sit down with really interesting people in the legal legal industry and talk about the number one thing that drives the legal industry, and that is relationships. Yes, it's still all about relationships, even if you talk to an artificial intelligence uh, chat GPT all day long. Today, I am very, very, very excited to be speaking to Michelle Murray, a personal friend, a real rock star here in the, uh, in the legal industry. Michelle, what's going on? Welcome to this Legal Life podcast. Hey, Ben. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to have this chat with you about relationships today. Yeah, totally. And we are going to talk about leadership relationships, leadership stakeholder relationships from the perspective of leader to leader, from um, young up and coming uh, leaders who are trying to form better uh, relationships. We're going to go into the good ones, how to deal with the bad ones, everything in between. But Michelle, uh, why don't we uh, get started? Tell us a little bit about your bio. You have a very long career in the legal industry. And before that, you were on Wall Street. Uh, on the actual trading floor, bing, 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 you know, it must have been wild those days, but so, yeah, okay, um, guess tell, what? Us, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right, so not that trading floor, but we'll talk about that afterwards. Um, I, so I've been in legal for about 10 years now. I started um, back in 2014 and I've worked for a few firms, both from AMLAW 300 to AMLAW 100 firms. And I was also very fortunate to be the president of the Northeast Legal Marketing Association, which is how you and I met. And, um, but before that, speaking of ding, 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 my, ding, ding. I started my career, I spent the first 14 years of my career in capital markets trading desks. So picture um, when you watch the movie, The Big Short, that yep. kind of trading desk. It's a little bit different when you're doing bonds, not stocks. But um, yeah, focusing on um, capital markets and all of that, which is how I ended up in this role now at Sherman and Sterling. So here at Sherman, I'm a director of business development. Officially, my title is like director of business development, strategic projects. And yep. in that role, I do a variety of things. But the most my day to day is overseeing the financial institution relationships from a business development uh you know, position, which means you're dealing with stakeholders across all of the practice groups globally. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so I'm really actually interested in talking to you today about how to identify, um, you know, who are those leaders and what it, what it means to build a relationship with them so that you can basically move the needle, right? Business development professionals are um, at the mercy of these stakeholders being, you know, buying into what their ideas are, right? Yeah, totally, totally. Okay, so uh, talking about LMA, so first of all, you, uh, very long career, go, uh, if you haven't connected with Michelle, make sure that you go to her LinkedIn, you've done a lot. I've been senior consultant at PPNC. Uh, you were at Boy Schiller. You were at Cahill Gordon. You were at uh, Connell Foley. Connell Foley. Um, that was my first yeah, law firm. Um, um, 
a bunch of stuff. So we could even get into how you made the jump from, I, I think it sort of makes sense, I, but but that was interesting, you know, going from the, the trade floor, from fixed income, from bonds, not ding, 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 but, you know, still, still, still <laughs> interesting, still interesting. How'd you jump so, into, really so quickly, how'd you jump you. into law firms? Yes. Yeah, the, um, to be like, fair, I took nine years off, Then okay. I was a stay-at-home mom in between. Yep. I retired at 35 years old from, from nice. my Wall Street career, and I didn't think I was going to go back. I was like, all right, I got a five, a three, and a one-year-old, and I'm going to go it. all in on this being a mom thing. And I was yeah. running the Girl Scout cookie sale and doing all Ooh. kinds of fun things. Um, and guess what? College costs a lot of money. So... Uh, <laughs> Being a stay-at-home mom, I was like, wow, you guys are going to cost a lot of money. I better go get a job, right? So I started my first job back out of retirement was with a company called Ibis World that produces industry research. And so I kind of used that job to research industries for myself. I'm like, huh, wonder what this is. Like, let's look at this. And I was selling the research into a law firm, Conifoli, when um, the the chief operating officer was like, hey, oh, and I should go back and say, during my time at Ives World, I realized that I needed to understand law firms to find out if they would be a good um, avenue to sell, you know, the database yeah. to. Yeah. So I joined the LMA. I joined cool. the Legal Marketing Association. Okay. And the LMA kind of taught me, I went to a program, actually, Tim Corcoran gave it, gosh, it was so many years ago, 2013, a business development SIG program. And he said, okay. if you want to be a trusted advisor to your clients, you really have to understand their business, the industry they're in, the issues that they're facing, yep. you know, amongst other things, yep. right? Right. And I was like, totally. it's going to be my sales pitch. Yes, right, right. So, two and two together, two and two yeah. together. There we go. Yes, right. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm at... Conifoli and I'm sharing, I'm pitching Ibis World to them. Yep. And the chief okay. operating officer was like, hey, guess what? Today on LinkedIn, I put a job for head of business development and strategy. Why don't you apply for that job? And mm -hmm. I was like, wait, okay. aren't you going to buy the system? Like, I was so confused. <laughs> but That's long right. story short. They're like, this is how you buy. Yeah. yeah. The, but, but that is literally how I ended up in law firms, like by okay. happenstance. But I would credit the Legal Marketing Association with that. And I would also, and I and I say this and I don't say it lightly, I would credit the Legal Marketing Association with my entire progression. And I've said this yeah. publicly, you know, yeah. to anyone who'll listen. Um, the LMA provided me because I didn't know anything about law firms, right? Yeah. I, I was yeah. a professional. I was honestly sure. 45 sure. years old when I started working in a law firm. Think about that, right? Yeah. Okay. No, I'd had a professional yeah. services career before, but I didn't. Yeah really know the lingo. I didn't know what yeah. Chambers was. I didn't know anything, yes. right? Right, right, right. So I, um, the LMA, you, you go in and you go to the programming and you read all their stuff and it's an education. It's yeah, literally totally. like going to college for law yeah. firms. Yeah, totally. And then totally. you build within that, you're building in a network. And yeah. so when you have a question, you can call somebody that you've met at lunch somewhere and be like, hey, Dawn, what do you think of this? Am I, is yes, am I doing right. the right thing? Or, and they advise you like coaches. So you yeah, were, you're totally. given the education and the coaching and the network that you need. I would not be in the chair I'm sitting in today without it. There's no question. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. 
So shout out to the LMA. And I will say one thing, you know, I've gotten the chance to meet so many senior leaders um, across law firms, and it is incredible how many people sort of have the same track. The first is I ended up in legal happenstancely, not because of anything but that I planned. And the second thing is really is really the communities and specifically the Legal Marketing Association, but just generally any 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 legal communities that are around the lasso a lot lot of different yeah. ones that are, yes, that are always flying so around there are a across, variety of uh, different yeah yep. across the world basically but you know it's these two things one nobody plans to get into legal but somehow they're they're in it and then the second is usually the gateway or the soft landing comes from these communities so that's just an observation that seems to be like across the board with everybody i actually plan to go into the legal industry and then uh and then i uh went into legal tech so that was that was interesting and i've never gotten out but regardless so wait, I yes. got a question for you now. You're yes. going to tell me that when you were six, when somebody asked you what you wanted to be, you didn't say you wanted to be a fireman. You said, I wanted to be a legal business development professional. Oh, absolutely. Whenever I was six, I only have I only had one thing that I wanted to do, which is be uh, Maverick from Top Gun. That was basically my entire, oh, good my choice. entire thing. And I... And I could have, I really did. I had like the 2015 vision and all of that kind of stuff. But somehow along the way, I ended up taking the bar and then going, uh, becoming a lawyer and then the, and then getting into, into the business world of legal. I'm not sure how I got so off track. I really am not. But I have to say, I still hold out. Even though I'm 38 years old, I still hold out that maybe I can like put up that, uh, that, uh, that jumpsuit and get in. And um, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, you know, the best laid plans. But uh, yeah, yeah, listen, they're, they're, I want to be a Charlie's totally. Angel. I get it, right? Oh my God. Yeah, I can see it with the Farrah Fawcett hair. Totally, totally. Right. I could have seen a young Michelle with the Farrah Fawcett hair. Absolutely. Okay, oh so gosh. why don't we jump into uh, into the into the substance um, of today, which is building relationships with stakeholders. Now, the inspo behind this talk, this uh, podcast, was the talk that you and I met at the LMA Northeast mm -hmm. Regional last year. Great job. You were still the sitting president at that point in time. Great party, kind of like post-COVID, uh, post post-corona. It was the one back. Got a lot of good energy, ups and downs off of that, uh, up and down from that, from that escalator, two floors. Still, such a, such a good, such a good like welcome back. Good energy. It was really, really great. Um, we're super excited to uh, Nexel, and I'm super excited to go go back, uh, go back this year. So, uh, kudos to all of that. But you gave a talk. Um, I can't remember who else was on the um, on the panel, but oh, you're going to remind me. Um, Jay Linder. And Despina Carson. It was with Jay, shout out Jay, and Despina, yeah. that's right. And um, Carolyn Manning from yes. Mintz was on the panel. That's right. And yes, totally. uh, Carolyn uh, Sandino was the moderator of the panel. That's right, Carolyn. Um, the, the legal marketing coach, Carolyn's, uh, Carolyn's fantastic. Um, so it was all around keeping a seat at the table with relationships and sort of stakeholder management and what does that mean? And I just, I remember the thread line from all of that about being at the table and keeping a seat at the table. It was all really around, around harboring relationships and the importance of that. So that's what we're going to sort of like talk about today. So like, what, what was your takeaway? What, what did you, whenever you think about that talk, what did you think was the big thing that, how did it feel from your perspective being up there and then looking at all these people, <laughs> people in the room and just like, yeah, I don't know. I've been talking, you know, talking I would say, funny. but yeah, so what was your takeaway? That talk was great because I think what we really yeah. shared was that, first of all, just keeping a seat at the table is, um, it has to, you're, you have to define what that table is. 
everyone thinks there's one table. And in law oh. firms, there's more than one table, right? True, and I think true, that true. like this conversation, is a, it's a great segue for that because understanding who those stakeholders are for each table really is how yes. you're going okay. to define your own success. And so like, if you're identifying like who are the leadership stakeholders that you need to build relationships with, I mean, I guess the, the main line is you work at a law firm, equity partners are the owners, right? So sure. that's your right. that's your first line of defense. And then yeah. depending on what your project is, what is what does your table that you're at look like? You'll need to define kind of and identify who the decision makers are for any project that you want to get off the ground, right? Any initiative. Um, who has the power and the influence, right, to help you get that done and yeah. to also help you with the communication of it, right? To kind of mm. build a momentum, That's so to speak, right? right? And course, right. because they have stakeholders, leadership stakeholders have the ability to ease the path for any project you're working on. They can right. put up a block or they can help yes, you right. with the process. And um, so that could be anyone from a member of the executive committee. It can be a practice or industry group leader. It might be other business unit leaders in mm -hmm. your group, like depending again, what the project is, like where does, what is it, how many different places does it touch? And when you're starting out, like when I recently, and we'll talk about this later, but you have mm -hmm. to define who the key stakeholders are and then figure out, you really need to plan out how you're gonna build momentum for the project through, through building trust with those stakeholders. They need to trust that and they have to buy in. Right. So you yes, have to communicate right. totally. what your plan is and yeah. and and figure that out. And yeah, listen, there totally. are challenges to that. Right. Totally. Um, trying to align different stakeholders that have different competing priorities. That's always a right. joy for business development professionals. Totally. Totally. Yes. Um, you know, whether you're bringing a bunch of sometimes a stakeholder will say that is a great idea that's never going to work here. And you're like, wait, no, but I think it's a great idea. And so do you, let's try. Right. Right. So right. I, I think, right. um, you know, sometimes it's also convincing them to help you and maybe yeah. build, building a bigger base. So it isn't just one stakeholder. It might be multiple stakeholders that get, get the ball over the lines, like team effort. Right. Yes, totally. Okay, so let me let me ask you a question because you 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 started off one of our big topics that we wanted to talk about is identifying identifying the stakeholders that you want to kind of build relationships with, and and that's really who has you kind of identify law firms obviously equity partners right because they're the owners. Then you have then you identified kind of like the um, um, who who's the person with uh, power influence. We you know just whatever the people who can help get things done and then the last was helping you with internal communication and sort of momentum and get the ball rolling and it's so funny that you that you uh that you talk about internal communication because uh we went to the mpf uh earlier this year i told you that and you know so much so much was about internal com communication and collaboration because really at the end of the day i know this is overly simple but like to business, you can almost get nothing big done without other people today, like and and people outside of your business unit and kind of selling it internally is just as important as, as kind of like the end results externally, right? Exactly. And I and listen, so 
when you're building your process and and I mean, we'll just go back. We can start with an example. It might be helpful sure. to like walk everybody okay. through. Like, so when I got here, right, generally a project comes out of realizing there's a problem and you're going to create a solution for the problem, right? Okay. Right. So totally. um, I found out that we didn't have a, a means to collect referrals. Like we just okay. didn't have a depository or a process by which we did it other than sending out a bunch of emails, which just didn't seem like... Sure a good way to do things. So, or it, I wouldn't say it was a bad way to do things. I would say it wasn't an efficient was better way to do things. Exactly. There'd be there better ways there we to go. do things. Right. Exactly. Yes. Got it. So Got it. what we did was, um, what I did was I started interviewing stakeholders. Like I talked to leaders in different areas that I knew had referrals for a variety of reasons, whether they gave referrals, got referrals, whatever. And I asked them, what's the process that you use? And I got all mm -hmm. the information mm -hmm. together. And then I was like, okay. And then I thought it through like, all right, now if I were to create a process, what would that mm -hmm. look like, right? Mm -hmm. And who's involved? And so yep. it's never right. just business development, right? In, in this instance for us, it was talking to the new business intake people, like the team that's in charge of that, conflicts, all of that, working with them to working with tech, to change the tech yeah. that we had internally sure. um, and getting the partner buy-in to for yeah. the change management. You would think like they would all be like, yes, yes, of course we want to do that. But it means they need to change how they do their day-to-day. -day. Like if they bring in a new matter and if there's a referral attached to it, they need to tag that in some way, shape or form. And yeah. it's just not part of their process. So understanding yeah. that it's change management and how was I going to go about doing that? And who did I need to get bought to buy into that? And believe it or not, um, it definitely took longer than it, than I'd hoped, right? It always but does, it's, right? It, yes. So yeah, you like think a, oh, a home yeah. reno project. <laughs> exactly. When they tell you it's going to be done in nine weeks, they're lying to you. It's just not possible. <laughs> um, but the good news is it didn't cost us any more money, unlike a home reno project. So that's yeah, important. Right, exactly. Um, exactly. But listen, I would say it was it was good in so many ways, right? Because being able to go and realize all the different stakeholders that were involved in this project mm -hmm. allowed mm -hmm. me to build relationships right. with people that I didn't even know before at the firm. Yeah. yeah. So totally. it was actually a really great opportunity to do that. And yeah. so, you know. I'm not going to lie, even after we had the process done yeah. and it's blessed and it's rolled That's out. Right. Yes, right. I presented to a particular practice and one of the partners balked. It should come as no right. surprise at any firm, there's going to be a partner who balks. <laughs> Why is it this way and not this way? It isn't that they don't sure, agree right. with the process, they just don't necessarily see it the same way right. and they would like it to change. They just want to put their pen sure. to it. Sure. And so I right. think that that's right. one of the challenges is like when you're doing anything in a law yes, firm or yes, any right. institution for that matter, professional services wise, is that you need to um, make sure that you're collaborating with your, your own internal units, but also building out a process so that even if they don't agree with your recommendation, they have the benefit of understanding the process, the histories, and the trade-offs that have already been made to get you to where you are. 
Okay, got it. Totally understood. Okay, so let me ask you, the, 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 the example was perfect, and it really kind of lines up to two other things that we want to go through. So the first was, you know, you already said, but maybe we can just double click and go a little bit deeper on it, which is the first next question is around leadership and stakeholders. They have a lot of complete competing interests. How do you get them on your side? Like, you know, what's, of course, it's an art and a, and, a, and a little bit of a science, but like, yeah, how do, how do you, how do you show up and really sort of sell them on the idea, tell them that this is in their best interest? I think at the end of the day, you know, what's in it for me, but that that's question number one. And then second is you already got this, you know, inevitably somebody's going to pick holes in it and maybe there's even like conflict. So let's take the first one first. Like what's the best way to, I mean, you want to get buy-in, but what's the best way to get people on your side that you- So I would tell you that you have to be prepared. You have to look before you even present it. You have to know what could be their, what could be the reason they might challenge this and have a a solution for why it works for them, right? So it. it can be any project at any law firm can be, this works for this partner. It works for this, like this practice and this industry. And here's why it works for everyone. I mean, listen, yeah. it all goes uh-huh. to a rising tide lifts all ships, right? Yep. Yeah. But right. there's revenue, revenue ability to grow and you get to be part of it because of this. And here's the benefit to you and your group. It's going to raise your profile. Like it's about giving them um, a reason to buy in. Yeah. It's, I Got mean, it. listen, business development for a law firm is just as much sales internally as it is externally. You need to be able to sell yourself and your skills and make sure that they trust that you have their best interest in mind. Because if they feel like you're working against them, they will not sign on. So you really have to truthfully be like altruistic in your desires to get this over the, it can't be about you. It has to be about why the project makes sense for everyone else. Yeah, okay. That's, and reversing from that probably is the best bet before you even start. So having those answers sort of like set up and reversing for that and obviously um, yep. looking that that's going to be the case. Okay, now let's let's just get really quickly before we get into the last couple, last couple of minutes about conflict and conflict resolution. Okay, so you already brought it up, the senior partner or somebody wants to put their pen on it, but let's just say somebody really pushes back against you in a really hard way and just, you know, it's your friend of me or whatever, or obviously not everybody can get everything that they want. You know, you know, you want to talk a little bit about conflict resolution, you know, you think that it's important, but inevitably you push back, like, what's the best way to kind of deal with those sort of situations, especially if it's kind of like public or it's, you're putting a lot of effort and you're putting a lot of political capital into it. Yeah. You want to talk about that inevitably? So listen, first, Everyone who's a business development professional in a law firm knows that it's our job to make recommendations. The partners who are the owners of the business get to make the final decision. You can only yeah. bring the horse to water. Okay. Yes. And, and sometimes, and, and you're not always right. The BD, okay. you think you're right, but you might not be right sure. for, for sure. other reasons that are way above your pay grade. Right. Uh-huh. So, but I would say that the more, the stronger your base, the stronger of the base that you have built through doing good work, right? Like through building relationships before you even mm-hmm. bring the ideas or the project or whatever it might be, like yeah. you have 
built these relationships by what? Giving your own time to maybe do something uh-huh. that wasn't necessarily directly in your like list of things you would normally have to do, but you've proven sure. yourself to them. You've kept your commitments so they trust you. If you have that, right, you've built this base of trust with important key stakeholders, you can go to them and ask them to lobby for you. Right. Got right. It. Okay. Yes, totally. Because you really, totally. at the end of the day, they have to work it out amongst themselves. Yes, right, right. Okay, totally. Okay, so so that makes a lot of sense. So let's um let's let's I guess ground this even more. And maybe do you want to walk through anything in the course of your last couple? You know, when you think about when you think about successful projects that you've done, um, and how you've sort of gotten them across the line. Do you want to walk us through some sort of like bigger illustration, or when you think back to like successful successful um, collaborations or in initiatives that you've done, is there anything that sort of like stands out that, that you're really sort of proud of and kind of is illustrative of what we've been talking about uh, over the course of so the last you know, 20, 20 minutes here? I mean, obviously the referral project was a, a big collaboration amongst a variety of different um, mm-hmm. stakeholders here in the firm. I'm really, really proud of that. But like, even just look, we can take it back to, um, you can look at it, the, the LMA annual con- uh, regional conference that we did, right? So I was yeah, the yeah. president, but we had people who were in charge of the various and like areas, whether it was Matt who oversaw sponsorship or Amanda and, and uh, Carolyn who kind of, you know, picture, like, you know, were moving the, the, the marionettes along the way and John who took uh-huh, care of all the programming, uh-huh. right? It's about supporting the people that are involved in each part of this uh-huh. process as well. And, because, you know, we we all had to work together. I would tell you in a business development department, if you're a department of one or then you're working with the other business leaders in your area, whether that's HR or revenue admin or whatever it might be. But even here at my firm, where we have a significantly um, built out team globally, right, in business development, we have a marketing team, we have a comms team. We all work together to... on any particular initiative to get to the next level, Uh right? So Uh I think it's about building trust with your team. It's building um, and getting buy-in from them. If they buy into the idea, they're like, yeah, like I'll do that with you. You know, and then they're on the, they're on the train. They're, they got on the bus and you're driving together and everyone's happy and they're singing songs, right? Yes, totally. But um, I mean, I think that collaboration is, and being willing to be transparent and, really understanding each person's communication style so uh-huh. that, you know, the messaging is, is, is well done is probably um, one of the big key takeaways for that. Okay. All right. I, um, I sent you some prompts before and we're sort of going through and we're making all of those. I want to ask you a little bit of a, of a out of, out of the prompt prompt, which was, we live in a different world now. We live in a world of hybrid. We live in a world of sometimes asynchronous work where people are working at different times. Do you want to say a few words about how everybody's adapting and if anything that we've talked about has changed a little bit uh, in the context of this kind of new new situation? Anything that you feel? Some fundamentals are obviously still the same and all the rest of it, but yeah, I'm sure you have some You know, so that's so interesting, right? The hybrid work environment is um, 
I think it's to the benefit of of, of companies, to be fair, uh-huh. right? Because if someone's working, quote, from home, they're not spending those hours commuting anymore, and they probably are giving more hours to the company slash firm anyways. Yeah. Um, I almost feel like it's funny. I think now that we're back in the office, we are so used to being scheduled by the hour that you sure, right. literally take a Teams meeting with somebody that's down the hall from you. Which is right. insanity to me. Yeah. I'm an, I'm kind of old school, so I like to just pop into mm-hmm. people's offices. But people have changed, right? Their their yeah. style of communicating has changed to a very mm-hmm. um, everything is over email and everything is very, um, you know, scheduled. Yes, I think right. that's what changed with the pandemic. Scheduled, scheduled. That's a really good way to put it positives, negatives, you know, some people schedule is not bad. Schedule, it's get, it's focused, right? It is very focused, I guess. But at the same time, you know, well, so what were you, you want to say? Something? Yeah. What do you so what I want to say about scheduling though, is it's, it isn't necessarily bad. And if that's how yes, that, right. if that's how your process, your own personal way of working is, I, I, yeah. I say hashtag go all in on that, but please yeah. schedule time to develop relationships. Don't punch the yes. clock. Right. right. Make sure that part of what you're doing is setting up a call with somebody that you need to build a, you may need to have a bit relationship with, or you already have a relationship with, so you can continue it. Make sure you schedule lunch once in a while or grab a cup of coffee with somebody. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Honestly, everybody needs this reminder because if you, I, I challenge everybody to go back and look at their schedule and see how much time that they are actually having coffee with somebody. And then in the context of getting buy-in from stakeholders, you know, and you should be developing the relationships prior with the stakeholders, and you also need to be getting their buy-in. Is that in your calendar? Because I bet it's not. I bet what's in your calendar is a bunch of to-dos and pre-scheduled meetings. I know it's in mine, right? And like, that's, it's just not going to work. If you've been listening to this conversation, it really is about, have I, have you gotten buy-in? Are you doing, are you going and building relationships with stakeholders in other teams are you getting their buy-in on stuff before are you making sure all of that's covered are you are you asking them about the concerns even before you go and do this sort of like big lunch and it's not there it's probably not there and it's okay nobody this is hard you know but this is this is your really your big point right if you're not going to do that then then it's not going to work this kind of big buy-in stakeholder relationship building kind of thing if it's not in there exactly ben i would say you know as a final parting shot on that is that it's all about sales. So you should be yes. actively listening whenever you can. Yes, right. right? Exactly. Asking questions. Another way of saying this. Yes, exactly. Are you scheduling time to listen to others? Probably, probably not. Probably not. You're probably a slave to the, to the to-do or the meetings, all the rest of it. Okay. Anyway, I'm sure everybody has heard that, but that, that's a real gut check for me, if I'm being honest, like thinking about that as well. Okay. So let's get out of here nice and easy. And we've really been speaking. I feel like we've been speaking a lot of, to people already at like kind of like a middle management layer or even or even uh, even a C-suite layer. You know, let's assume that you are just starting out your career. You're part of a young, uh, young LMA sort of up on the rise, uh, young business developer, and you want to 
develop relationships with stakeholders uh, above you, the stakeholders that maybe you don't you don't deal with on a day to day basis, but you'd like to start building relationships with them. First is obviously start scheduling time, reaching out. But yeah, like what do you have to say about people who are much more senior than you, who are building relationships with other senior people and also other team members, how do you get into their into their schedule? Let's say, how do you get into their calendar? And what do they need to hear? You know, I would tell you that if you're if I was starting out and, and when I was starting out, right? Didn't matter what my uh-huh. age was, when I was starting out, I looked around at the LMA and I was like, who do I respect? Who do I want to like where do I see my career? Where do I where do I want it to go? And yeah. I would I would reach out to those individuals that were um, part of the the network and say, hey, can I get on your calendar? People don't say no. They don't say no, I'm not willing. They might be busy and it might have to be three weeks in a way, way, but they're willing to find 15 minutes, half an hour. And I think sometimes it's about not asking for an hour of time. An hour of time is a lot of time, right? So say, ask for 15 minutes. If that's all you, if you just have a quick question, ask for 15 minutes. If you want to get to know somebody, ask for a half an hour, right? Uh-huh. And if you're in the same city, I, I, again, say, hey, do you have time to meet for coffee before you head into the office? Or, you right. know, meet for lunch, be willing to buy somebody a salad and and chat about what their career path was and what their recommendation for you might be. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, would also, I would also say, look for a mentor, right? Um, yeah. I right. had right. mentors, I still have mentors who Mm -hmm. if I have a question or I need to like run something by somebody, I can hit them on text and be like, what do you think of this? And they'll be like, do this, don't do this. You know, they give you their advice. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, that's really good advice. And I think, what about just just on this last piece, you know, what about about trying to deliver value to people? I mean, it's always like, do you know what senior leadership actually needs, especially if you're just sort of starting out I sometimes always just think it's like reach out and say that you want to learn and you want to pick people's brand. Most of the time, there's this, uh, for a lot of people who are in leadership positions, there really is this giving back, paying it forward kind of like element. And I think, I don't know, what, how, when somebody reaches out and asks you for a sort of time, like what, 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 what's, is there anything that goes through your brain and to be like, hey, so, you know, if it, yeah, if it seems like I'll this is offer- good, yeah. I'll bring people along on a project. They're like, hey, I'm working on this. Do you want to work on it? Listen, it may yeah. not be okay. as part of their lane, but if they want to learn and they want to expand, they're going to be willing yeah. to, to do that, right? Yeah, okay. um, that's a good point, yes. You that's know, and point. I think you have to be willing to roll. It doesn't matter whether it's at your job, in a volunteer thing, in your neighborhood, mm-hmm. be willing right. to roll up your sleeves. You want to get to know your neighbors, so you just moved to town? offer to throw the block party. Like, I'm just, you know what I'm saying? Like, those are the things I did when I was a stay-at-home mom. I didn't know anybody because my nanny took my kids everywhere. So, you know, I found out, like, one of my best friends to this day was like, you know that girl, Carly? I thought she was the mom. I'm like, thanks. I'm like, you didn't notice she was blonde and my kids were brunette, but whatever. Okay. Got it. You know? But I'm saying, like, as soon as I quit my job, I rolled up my sleeves, I got involved. I got it. I think you have to do that in anything in life. Yes. Okay. Great parting words. All right. So getting to parting words, and then we're going to get let you. I've already taken way too much of your time, uh, and you've given me advice not only on the relationship building with stakeholders, but also home renovation projects, which we were talking about off off camera. (laughs) So you've been very generous with your time. Um, Give us some parting words. You know, what was your reflection on this conversation or just in 
general, when you think about sort of relationship building with stakeholders and getting buy-in for projects, yeah, like, you yeah, know what? To say I, something, something, something big. And my uh, final, and my fire, final right? words on yeah. this would be that: listen, if you are going to, if you want to build relationships, you have to be willing to one, commit the time and the effort, and you need to build trust with these leaders, and especially if you're working in a law firm, right? Leadership has to believe yeah. that you're going to keep your commitments and that you're going to show value. Show me why I should work with you, right? And, um, you know, once you earn that piece, then you really do need to, like, be a team player and learn to collaborate both with whether it's the, the, the lawyers in the firm, leaders in the other business units, and members of your own BD team that may be above and or below you, right? Okay. Beautiful parting words. All right. We're going to, this is the bonus round. We're going to ask Michelle. I didn't even tell her I was going to do this. We're going to ask her three questions just to get to know her a little bit better. Okay, here we go. I'm just going to ask you three random questions. I'm making, I'm not making them up. We've done this with, uh, with a variety of guests. I really like it. Okay. What was the best vacation you have ever taken in your life? Best vacation I ever took in my life <laughs> was when I went to Arizona for my mother-in-law's 70th birthday. It was a week-long trip, and I had no responsibility for the schedule. The schedule was set. All I had to do was show up. It was fantastic. Okay, wonderful. Trip to Arizona, never been. Can't wait to go to the Southwest. I grew up in Florida, and it just feel like it was, it was so far. Um, okay, next. What, uh, if you weren't doing what you are doing now, what would you be doing? What is your, what would, what would be your fantasy profession? Oh, I would be a private detective. Mm, very interesting. Very yes. interesting. I could, I could totally see that. I could totally yeah. 100% see that. Okay, great. And last, last, last question. What are words that inspire you or some or phrase that you live by? Something that, you know, not on your tombstone, that's more of it but you know like something something that really gets you something that gets you out of bed and whenever you read it it just puts a smile on your face and you say damn that's true um well geez that's a tough one um mm. words that inspire me i don't know the words mortgage uh bill <laughs> to i mean what inspires me to get up and go to work every day or inspires me to be a better person i don't know that's a tough one um you know, I jokingly, jokingly, I shouldn't say this, but, um, you know, we have, we, my friends and I like laugh about things like, you know, I mean what I, I always mean what I say. I may not always mean mm -hmm. to say it out loud, but, Got it. Okay. <laughs> which is a warning for all of us to just maybe take a moment once in a while. Got it. But yeah, now I yes. mean, what inspires me? Um, honestly, I'm not going to lie. I don't think that it's words necessarily. For me, it's um, my family inspires me, to be fair. Oh, like I am, I look at some of the challenges that I've seen my family members go through. And I think to myself, if they can get through that, I can get through anything. Mm, okay. All right. Beautiful sentiment to end on this. And I think, and I think just a beautiful sentiment for if you want to build a relationship with stakeholders, there's somebody out there who has gone through to um, a difficult stakeholder, gotten projects done, um, built, uh, built a, met their hero or, or, or built a new mentor. You don't know if you don't try. And at the end of the day, that's, that's kind of the whole point of it, right? Just to go out there anyway. All right. We're going to wrap this up. Michelle Murray, thank you so much for being on the This Legal Life podcast. All 
about legal relationships, the core driver of the entire legal industry. Thank you so much. And we will be back with another This Legal Life very, very soon. Take care, like, subscribe, all of that kind of stuff. Regardless. Thanks of where so you much for having it. me. This was a lot of fun. Absolutely. It was a lot of fun. All right, everybody, take care and we will see you soon. Out. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.